as an industry we've made it our business to learn about games, how they work, about their resonance and their successes or failures, but there's a human side to the industry as well. My name is Paul James and welcome to Dev Diary, the series that explores and celebrates the incredible feats of the people behind the games as we dive into their stories, the highs, the lows and everywhere in between. In this episode, I'm joined by Julian Wilton, current creative director at Massive Monster, so join us as we explore his journey. So today I'm joined by Julian. How are you? Hey, how's it going? Um, pretty well, actually. It's it, for both of us. It's been a pretty long day, but we're at the back of it and getting to have a, or a couple of quiet beers and a chat. So it works well. <laughs> yeah, man. Keen to get into it. <laughs> so um, you are the creative director at Massive Monster, and we'll, we'll certainly get to that shortly. But this is Dev Daria series where we talk to developers from all around the industry about their experiences through the industry so far. They share their stories and, and different bits and pieces from along the uh, along the road so far. But before we get to all the uh, massive monster stuff, we'll rewind back to the very beginning. What was your first gaming experience that you recall? Oh, oh man. Uh, yeah, we're going right back. Getting straight into it. All right. Well, um, oh man. Well, my, um, my granddad used to have a pretty cool... Uh, I think he had a Sega, Sega Genesis, and he'd always, like, I don't know how he'd get him. I think he'd be at, like, the pub or something, and he'd just be, like, having beers or whatever, and there'd be some guy that came in and would, like, sell him, like, um, games on the Sega, and he'd yeah. just buy them for us for when we came over, um, and kind of, yeah, we, we, he'd always have new ones for us when we came over, so played a lot of good ones there. Um, lost Sonic. I'm sure a few duds along the way as well. Yeah. It's <laughs> oh, just a constantly so rotating... <laughs> Um, yeah, so a bit of that. I think, um, yeah, I feel like not super in-depth backstory of my gaming, but um, yeah, I did that. I played a bunch of uh, Railroad Tycoon on oh, Windows yeah. 95. Um, yeah, I, I bloody love that. That was good. <laughs> all, all those old Tycoon games are gems, yeah, so you're onto on a good so one there. Good. So good. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, I always kind of played games a bit, um, and... Yeah, I never actually thought I'd be making them, so yeah, it was pretty, pretty fun. <laughs> so, was there a particular game that you played along the way that made you think, oh, hang on, this is a, a thing that I'd like to do, or um, mm. like, how, how did you eventually kind of find that pathway into developing games? Yeah, uh, so I think me and my friend were like playing this like weird online game. I, oh God, I want to like find it. It's like, it was something kind of like quite trashy. But um, it was quite in depth, and I kind of noticed like it had like the source file for the game or whatever, and I kind of yeah, okay. went in and I saw that you could kind of like change out the sprites, and that's kind of like a weird entry point into games I feel. But I was like, oh well, this is so cool, you can kind of like actually change the stuff in the game. But that's um, that old school modding pathway that yeah. you know, so many older developers, you know, people who've exactly, you know, been, yeah. <laughs> well, Tim Willits and all those sorts of guys that I've spoken to over the journey, like that's that was their entryway where they were just kind of yeah. fooling around with games, realised that they could do it themselves. So it's more, for you, I think it's just more of a, um, a modern take on that, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so kind of like, I was like, to me and my friend, I'm like, oh, you know, let's make a game, let's like do it or whatever. And I was like, all right, well, I'll do the programming, you do the art or whatever. Um, and then he kind of like gave up after a few days. But then, you know, I've still been doing it for like, you know, six, seven years or whatever. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's going well. Yeah, that makes sense. 
So how did things go? Like, were there... So obviously you're talking about messing around uh, with an MMO of sorts there, and that's kind of what fueled the the development passion. But was there was there a game prior to that at all that you know you played that was like I I'm a gamer like this is a thing that I, <laughs> I want to immerse myself in in any sort of capacity as you were as you were growing uh, up because uh, you were saying you know it wasn't necessarily the biggest thing in the world as you were younger. But. <laughs> oh, I did really get into. Um, I mean, it sounds a bit weird, but got really into uh, RuneScape as well. <laughs> and some of those are mmo rpgs uh but that's yeah. probably a bit younger but then i was like i was such a i was such a i, I was nearly gonna swear but such a you know bad boy oh that's that. no big deal <laughs> no no that's no that's no big deal such no no word. filters here and Where... i think we have the explicit tag so it doesn't, doesn't matter <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i just like scammed everyone you know i just like worked my way up just like butted the heck out of it um and then it, ended up getting banned but i spent a few good years on it <laughs> um but i think that really like i don't know kind of gave me quite a um kind of like saw a bit behind the scenes of like games getting developed and you know you're kind of like playing something that someone's kind of working on still and you get new updates and stuff like that um, yeah which kind of adds yeah it kind of makes you realize that there's all oh, there's people working on this and stuff like that um, but yeah, in terms of like games as well, I remember like Sonic being quite like, like, whoa, this is so cool, you know, and just spending ridiculous amounts of time on that. Um, yeah, I feel like, <laughs> yeah. No, that's right. There's it, a yeah. <laughs> few, few things we got in common there in different capacities. So that, some solid choices. <laughs> nice. So how did the journey then actually begin in terms Ooh. of, you know, getting into game dev? Um, you know, there was there's quite a few, I guess, little mobile and um, and other similar sort of games that you'd messed around with over the journey there, uh, where yeah. either web based or mobile based experiences you'd been working on. But where did everything first begin? Uh, yeah, so it was with uh, it was with Flash games, like um, definitely a Flash Flash game OG. Uh, just like really, yeah, started really getting into like as I started, you know, messing around with this thing, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna make it a game or whatever. I started with like in C plus and it was just like ugh, awful and I was really yeah. bad at programming so I was like ugh, what else can I do so I started like drawing stuff um, and then uh, I kind of made a few games with that by just kind of like I just like download people's existing games or whatever and I just change and build on that. them and stuff like that uh, and kind of just yeah take other people's like source code for stuff kind of reskin it a bit um and then yeah i kind of i think i did one and it kind of made like 50 bucks and i was like whoa so, yeah like 50 <laughs> i bucks can make money out of this yeah um so yeah i started making money from the flash games and i think it was like the perfect time because there was like kind of like a flash game boom area and yeah. i think i was probably like oh uh, maybe getting into it around the middle of that um so it kind of had like a lot of success early on just with kind of like some trashy games i made <laughs> what were the sort of things that you're putting out there maybe maybe some of our listeners might be familiar with <laughs> for all we know uh, i don't know well, well <laughs> um so i mean um super adventure pals was actually originally a flash game but uh yeah okay that, that wasn't the, the so the first main big one i did was called like angry bees um which was it was actually just a rip off of another flash game but like that's <laughs> what you did in those days you just kind of like you take someone else's game and you kind of like change Build it, bit, it make your own yeah. version of it or whatever um but if you knew how much money they got for it you'd be like oh you know well if i make something similar it might be worth similar value 
uh, which kind of worked some of the times. So yeah. Oh, I good. Think, I think I made that when I was like seventeen, and it made like um, eighteen thousand US dollars, and I was just Ooh. like, what the hell? <laughs> so it definitely kind of like from that point on, it kind of like just pushed me on the path of like. Um, to keep making games, um, learn yeah. more about it. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I was still doing mainly art at that point, um, even though it wasn't that good. But I think there just wasn't that many. There must just not have been that many artists in flash games at the time, because I managed to get jobs somehow. <laughs> oh yeah, okay. Mm. Well, um, you obviously uh, at one point there you did a little internship at Soap Interactive. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That uh, uh, kind of mostly focusing on concept art and the like. Is that about right? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I was pretty bad still at art when I was there. But um, they had just got um, some government funding for uh, Over the Top Tower Defense, or OTTD. Yes, um, yes. From, That's when the Australian government was like, oh, yeah, maybe we'll fund games. Um, and had, like, a $20 million fund. Uh, and then later that year, they cancelled it. <laughs> but um, In typical Australian government fashion. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so that was, like, really good. Um it's really nice of uh, Ash, yeah, to bring me on. And I still, like, see him all the time, actually, on expos and stuff like that. So, like, it was, yeah, very valuable experience, I think. Um, yeah, you would. But, all the all the guys at SMG are fantastic. Yeah, all yeah, guys they're great. They're, yeah, so good. Very talented. Um, and they're doing great things at the moment. So, it's cool to see. Um, so, yeah, what did you kind of pick up from that time, I guess, that then... You, you brought with you as you moved into the, the, the corrupted games era and obviously uh, you know it was your own little startup there and you were working on these web and mobile games and some freelance work what, what did you kind of bring with you from that period there given uh, it was about a four month stay is that about right give or take uh, yeah I think it was like 150 hours which uh, I was doing like uni at the time as well um, but yeah I think it was pretty rough internship actually because like it was in the city and I live like two hours away from the city so it was kind of like four hour commute every day to get there yeah okay that is rough four and a half hours I think like after you know you walk a bit and stuff like that um so I'd literally go and then I'd work and then I'd come back and go to sleep and wake up and kind of do the same thing so it's quite rough but it did really like you know teach me kind of like the professional context of kind of yes how a studio runs and like actually you know kind of reporting to someone and kind of some of yeah just some of the process of how games get made i guess which i really didn't like i just have had my own context of before well because um, you've just been modding bits and pieces and kind of yeah. taking something that was established and tweaking with it so yeah it's a very yeah. different i guess approach yeah so i mean they're an ad agency then as well so it kind of i got like a lot of inspiration um to kind of yeah do a lot more kind of like businessy kind of like you know advertisement kind of interests as well from that i think yeah okay that um i guess that's a whole range of different experiences then that i guess would put you in pretty good stead going forward yeah yeah definitely should have done so more. <laughs> oh okay right uh, yeah. why do you what do you feel like you're still missing now back in the day i was like i applied for some in- other internships at like adult swim and stuff like that because i knew someone there oh, yeah, okay. i was like oh come on but uh never got it that's really sad but um you know I feel like I'm too old now. They won't let me. They won't let me come there and work for free. <laughs> Intern, you've done far too much already. Get out of here. <laughs> um, but obviously, yeah. So you were, went through that period where you were, you know, with corrupted games, and you were you were working on a, a whole host of little titles there. And um, you know, what what was that like? Uh, I guess in the end, because there's oh, how, how many did you end up putting out in the end? 
Oh, I think there's like I think I've done like seventeen games. Uh, I'd have to have a look, but I mean, some of those are like kind of game jam games and stuff like that. But like, I feel like that's not even that many. Like for flash games, like uh, I know the other guys in Massive Monster, they've done quite a lot. I think together we've done like over fifty all up. Yeah, okay. Between us, uh, no, there's one guy that's done like a hundred flash games. I'm just like, what the hell? <laughs> and they're all like, where do you get the time as well? And I'm like, well, you're mad. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but um, yeah, so I mean, Corrupted, I did Corrupted games for quite a while, uh, that was just me, basically, uh, and that was kind of like my branding, I don't know, I was trying to be like, way more serious than I was, I think, I should have just been like, because I guess that's what everyone else is doing, so I was like, oh yeah, I'll just make a company name up and stuff like that, uh, but yeah, I always worked with, um, I'd kind of go on the Flash game license site, or like Newgrounds and stuff, and try to find like other people doing projects, or kind of like, do some concept art and say like, oh, hey, I want to make a game like this. Does anyone want to come make it with me? Stuff like that. Uh, and that's kind of how I met um, Jay Armstrong, actually. And he was kind of yes. the programmer on Super Adventure Bows and he is the kind of main programmer at uh, Massive Monster. It's it's interesting how these stories can kind of all begin in kind of weird different places and then you end <laughs> up following each other into into new ventures together because yeah that that obviously that period there about 2012 through 17 with uh, corrupted then eventually kind of merged into what you started doing with uh, massive monster from about 2015 is that about right uh yeah give or take what year is it oh god yeah we're, we're, we're 2019 <laughs> these days uh yeah um yeah i guess we have been around for a while it just like took us so long to make those first couple of games so that's why i feel like you know we've been around for a while but we've yeah haven't done too much yet um but these yeah. things take time. You're, you're learning your craft, I suppose. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We've learned so much. Like, man, it's crazy. Like, for a couple of Flash developers to, yeah, like, making console desktop games, like, yeah, it's been a big learning experience. <laughs> now, you've obviously mentioned, you know, Flash games and, and Newgrounds, and I guess I see a little bit of that in some of the titles that have come out um, through Massive Monster, whether it's uh, whether it's Unicycle Giraffe or, <laughs> or then Adventure Pals, like we've discussed a couple times so far. Would, would it be fair to say that that sort of style and content is still a major influence in all the titles you make these days yeah yeah i'd say so i think i yeah i mean it's one of those things where it's kind of like the flash style is kind of like um there's a few people that kind of do that kind of cartoony kind of style and flash yeah. which is quite recognizable um but yeah definitely like back in the day it was very inspiring to kind of see like just what people could do and the kind of art they could make in flash i was like what the hell like it's nuts how do you make this um, so yeah, definitely like that, all that stuff was a big inspiration, but I'm trying to, I've been trying to kind of like slowly get away from it a little bit just to kind of like explore my own style a bit more as well. Cause I feel like Avenged Battles yeah, is very like, uh, that was quite like new groundy style, I think. And we did have a lot of people that, and still come up to us and like, oh, is this a beer myth game or whatever? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> like, okay. Right. That'll scribble notes. I'm like, no. <laughs> So, yeah, trying to find my own style, I think. Mm. How do you feel like that's going so far? Uh, yeah, pretty good. I think I'm, I'm one of these people that I swear, like, every time I got a new project, I'll just pick a new style. <laughs> but yeah. it still, like, has a lot of, like, the motifs, like, motif, motifs? Motifs? Yeah, motifs, uh, yeah. Yeah, well, I'll just, like, I just, like, like chucking a little face on everything, you know? So, <laughs> uh, Why not? Usually you can uh, kind of tell if I paint something. <laughs> Because there'll be a lot of faces on it. Well, I mean, there is there is kind of a I guess a 
thread between the likes of yeah, uni, uh, unicycle giraffe and adventure pals. Firstly, the giraffe aspect, <laughs> but then, um, yeah, but then obviously, yeah, like whether it's uh, you know the animations in the face or whatever, like you can see that connecting thread between those games to use them as the examples. Um, how did that unicycle giraffe idea come along in the first place? Because that's, I mean, for anyone who's not aware, that's that's a mobile game that's out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but how how did that kind of come about? Uh, so it was actually part of my uh, final uh, assignment at uni. Um, so I was kind of like the my my thought process was I wanted to kind of explore some more experimental gameplay and also kind of explore um, hardware based games. So like using Arduinos and stuff like that. Um, and just kind of make something weird. <laughs> uh, yeah, so th- that was the original goal. Um, and also to kind of like learn programming and learn Unity because I, I I'd done like um, some visual scripting before in a thing called a Stencil. I made a game in that, but like, yep. yeah, I wanted to like, I don't know, learn how to program, learn how to use Unity. So I started doing that and yeah it just kind of like took ages um originally it was going to be a giraffe skateboarding game but i couldn't for the life of me figure out how to make that happen so i was like yeah, oh, okay. i'll just start uh, instead of you know having two wheels i'll just have one and then i was Keep like oh simple. well yeah and i was like oh this kind of looks like a unicycle so just made a unicycle and then yeah yeah that's how it came to be but yeah i wanted to like do everything myself on it except for the music um yeah. and yeah it went pretty well but it kind of took for ages as well because I'm not used to um, having like direct influence on the game design as well. I think uh, usually like being the artist, you can kind of just say what you want, and it's kind of up to the programmer to kind of make that fun. Whereas, yeah, pick it or like, choose it if they want. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're like, well, you might give a good idea, but it's not like fun until it's like someone has to program it and see if it actually works and kind of iterate on it. Yeah, it um, makes sense. So yeah, it was like a big kind of like game design challenge as well. Like, oh god, how do I? make this fun and how do i make this work for mobile which was a pain in the butt and so yeah was the plan always mobile in that particular case or was that something that just i guess throughout the development as you started to see how it was coming together that made sense that it fit that platform uh yeah i think originally it was the main goal was uh just kind of creating a interactive installation kind of thing actually so i set up for uh the grad show whatever I mean, I wanted to do more to it, but basically had like a little arcade box with two buttons on it, and then uh, there was like a little motor that would move around the giraffe as it moved in yeah. game, um, and that was yeah, so that was quite fun. But then I was like, yeah, I should probably do something with it. Just try, you know, make some money with it if I can, um, and just yeah, I was like, oh, I'll just put it on mobile. I've, like, well, if it's a good idea, why not? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I thought I kind of thought that hopefully should have some potential so yeah gave it a go you're happy with how it all you know panned out and the uh yeah how it was received so i mean with the project as well um i was kind of trying to test out a kind of also different approach to making games where it was kind of like i mean it started off with yeah just exploring stuff but then i tried to just like double down on kind of making something with quite an interesting hook or like just like a very unique experience um yeah. so and kind of like trying to embed the kind of marketing in the game um so that if i could just show someone a trailer or even just say the name they'll be like they're quite intrigued into it yeah that's uh, to understand or yeah that makes yeah. sense yeah so i think it uh i mean 
financially it didn't go well at all, but um, it was good experience to get, um, you know, on Google Play and Apple and stuff like that. And I kind of made some contacts, uh, kind of Google and stuff through that, which is really cool. And they kind of like helped me out a bit, um, which is like to be like for a first game, like that's great. Like they kind of helped me out. They featured the game and stuff, but it was uh, really poorly optimized because I have no idea how to program properly. <laughs> so, yeah, right. Uh, they got a lot of uh, negative reviews on like Google Play. Like it just, yeah, got obliterated. And then I was like, oh, God, fine, I'll do some tweaks. And I had to, like, I didn't know what object pooling and all these like very basic optimization techniques were. And I was like, Ugh. so I just spent a couple days fixing it. And I was like, all right, fine, here you go. There's a, there's a high quality mode now or a low quality mode or something, but it's, yeah probably doesn't help that much but um i was like at least i tried (laughs) but at the same time you know you're getting it out on the platforms you're learning a lot from it and it helps set you up with you know everything that came next which was well the success of the adventure pals Mm, yeah well Um, uh, yeah i I started working on that as i think my time was kind of wrapping up a bit with adventure pals because i'd done most of the art i think so i was like oh yeah i'll see what else is going on um yeah. yeah it was good timing so there's obviously, and we'll, we we need to dive into this. The the theme of a, a giraffe across the board in both games was that was there. Or are we expecting to see more giraffes in future projects for starters? Um, there will always be a giraffe. Don't you worry. Good, good, good. good. Uh, yeah, giraffes um, and bees. I think they're my they're my favourite. So I'll, I'll always try to sneak one in when I can. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, awesome. Yeah. Uh, bit one project I'm working on won't have any, unfortunately. But um, that's just because I. I've been helping on it, so it's fine. That's right. I can just be DLC. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Or a skin of some sort. <laughs> um. So, how did the the adventure pro? Uh, sorry, the adventure pals um, idea kind of come along. I mean, it was a Kickstarter game at one point as well. Mm-hmm. Um. I feel like uh, I, I don't know how many years, but I certainly saw it a few years down at uh, at PAX Australia specifically. <laughs> yeah. Um. And obviously, like I, I, I latched onto it the very first time. I think was it one of the five or six in a particular year. I can't remember which year it was. It was one of the five or six that got spotlighted as well. Yeah, yeah, we're in the uh, the indie the, the showcase PAX indie showcase. Yeah, that's it. Um, yeah, I think that was probably like two years ago, two or three years ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's probably three years ago. Yeah, we've shown it like three times or something. I think four, three or four times. So, shown it quite a few times. Um, but yeah, Venture Pals. Uh, were you asking how it came along, sir? Yeah, yeah. How, <laughs> yeah, how okay. to come? How to come about? How to come? Uh, come along? What you yeah. learned from that time? Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, basically, as you know, as you said, um, we had the Flash game called Super Adventure Pals. I think kind of yeah. between Jay and I, that was like one of our more successful Flash games we made, and we thought, oh, this. And the, so at this point, the Flash industry is kind of like dying. So it just meant like people weren't sponsoring games for as much anymore wasn't enough money in it so we're like oh shit well now migrate somewhere else like pick a path um there's a lot of developers that kind of went to mobile or some went to like html5 um but yeah we wanted to kind of go desktop and console uh so we kind of worked it, it, we worked on the game it originally was going to be super adventure pals 2 and it was like a flash game or something um and we spent like a good six months on that or something and then kind of took it to Army Games, who had previously sponsored the Flash game, and were like, oh, you know, can you give us a little money? We want to put this on Steam or whatever. Um, and, yeah, and, uh, like, 
the pitch that we said, I look back on it and it's so bad. But um, I think because we had that relationship with them and they were kind of interested in doing the same thing, kind of moving to like, you know, desktop and console and we'd made a bunch of games before, they kind of like yep. just trusted us with it, which was good. Uh, but little did they know it would take another three years till it would be out, even though we said it would take six months. <laughs> but, I mean, that said, it worked out pretty well. Yeah, it worked out in the end. But um, I think, because they were new to it as well, so they didn't really know, and we didn't really know what we were doing. But as soon as we got that money, we kind of actually yeah. re... We took it out of Flash, because, like, a, a, I don't know if you played any, like, Flash theme games, but they're usually quite... A few over the journey, yeah. They're quite bad. Like, we weren't using, like, air or anything. We are just in Flash still, and it was just, like, well, it was, like, chugging up already. So we had to move to, like, Hacks OpenFL, which was, like, a big old pain in the butt... Um, and we did, so we did that, uh, Adventure Pals and Never Give Up in Hacks OpenFL, which is like this weird, like programming language thing. Um, yeah. it's a big pain in the butt. Uh, and then, yeah, I worked on that for a bit, uh, ran out of money again, so I had to do a Kickstarter. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, I kept on working on it for like, you know, yeah, a good three years and then boom, game. <laughs> I mean, that period with the Kickstarter, and it, it, it got over the line, like you, you got the money you were looking for there, but uh, what, what's that like when you've got a, you've got a Kickstarter, Kickstarter up and running, and is it the sort of thing where you can't help but just constantly watch that number, and you just, <laughs> like uh, almost every few minutes, you're just refreshing it to see if it's, if it's crept up, that sort of thing, because yeah. I personally experience that when I see podcast numbers every time an episode goes <laughs> up, I'm constantly, come on, refresh, refresh, come on, someone else has got to have you know, downloaded it now, so I'm, I'm sure there's got to be a similar sort of idea when it comes to your, your Kickstarters, but probably mm. on a higher sort of level, because there's actually a financial aspect yeah. to that too. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, definitely that like first day when we launched it, like every yeah, like hours, like, or you know, every couple of minutes i was like oh you know checking it out or whatever but i was gonna say um, every hour you're more patient than i am <laughs> <laughs> uh i think i try i think like i tried to like hold off a little bit because i'm like oh um but uh yeah i mean kickstarters are a big pain in the butt i wouldn't uh i wouldn't advise them too much or because like we probably spent a good month kind of preparing the kind of video and stuff like that and yeah. i think kickstarters can go great if you kind of like have that early success and you're kind of making something that's quite kind of like distinct and it's going to be for like a kickstarter audience where we were kind yeah. of like doing just doing a platformer game like people have seen platformer games before yeah it had some cute like characters and stuff like that but it wasn't really the kickstarter audience i think uh yeah okay so we just spent a month just like yelling at people being like oh please give us money uh and then we kind of just made it at the end so <laughs> Hey, you got over the line. It helped. It helped fuel things, and of course, the game came out and was brilliant. I was talking to you before we started recording. I, I picked it up when actually did I pick it up or did I get a code sent to me? I can't remember which one it was. I think I might have bought it myself. Um, <laughs> but I did not mess around in chasing down that platinum trophy. So um, I was totally on board with everything <laughs> oh, yeah. that you guys you know put together in that game. I thoroughly enjoyed every moment of it. Um, it was an excellent product. How does the idea oh, come along awesome. though? Where you've yeah, got you know, you pet rock and and the giraffe and and <laughs> like, how, how does that all come about? Like, I thought it was hilarious playing it the oh, whole the time. Like, I thought it was it? I thought it was brilliant. But... Um, where, I think where does that like, all come from? Originally, I yeah, I feel like most of my backstories aren't that exciting. Basically, I just drew a giraffe and I was like, oh, let's make this a game. Uh, and then I was like. I think I drew a rock as well. I, I just drew some random stuff and put a face on it. 
and then I was like, oh, does anyone want to make this game? <laughs> Thinking, oh, i got to find the concept out for it. Yeah, it was just like, yeah. I didn't even know what the game was. I was just like, oh, let's make a game with a giraffe. Uh, and I think we looked at some other games we liked, and we're like, oh, you know, in that Flash game manner, where we were kind of like, oh, well, we'll just kind of make it like this game, but with this other thing. Uh, yeah, okay. And yeah, <laughs> it's kind of how it came. But then, yeah, I think... I think with Adventure Pals, kind of like the heart of it is kind of from this level of kind of like iteration we've gone through with the game, yeah. Um, where it's just kind of like we, I think we've redesigned all the levels like two times or something. We kind of like, yeah, just there's just an immense amount of work that was put into that game uh, that kind of meant that there was just like nice, very nice and polished, um, and yeah, and so it was very cool to kind of like yeah see it kind of review well and kind of yeah do well still somehow <laughs> so it's still performing pretty well these days yeah i don't know i'm like how the that's awesome. people finding it like was <laughs> um because i think yeah we're pretty good we're pretty lucky with our timings as well because we were kind of quite early on the switch when it came out um and we got like a, a kind of big youtuber kind of picked us up um which kind of helped kind of get us over the line um so yeah yeah for sure um, so in terms of obviously the game, like we spoke about before, you, you took it to PAX a few times there. Um, what do you learn from those sort of experiences where you, you bring the game, you're exposing it to media slash the public as well? What sort of uh, things do you learn about the game, what you're creating, your own development um, processes, I, get, I guess, a bit from um, that feedback from players or media? Yeah, or, uh, or streamers so, I mean, as well. I guess just as I was, I was kind of saying um, before is like uh, with Adventure Pals being kind of like this, like you know, just constant iteration on it. So whenever we took it to like um, you know expos and stuff like that, I'd always have like a notebook and just be like noting down kind of like if there was any bugs or like ways that, things that people would be doing that I kind of wouldn't want them to be doing, or yep. kind of things that had might have been like slight inconveniences for players always just kind of being like oh well let's just like i think at one point you know if you kind of jump and hit the corner of the kind of wall or something you used to always just fall down i was like why don't we just make it you can like pull yourself up on corners like automatically uh, if you're holding the direction uh just kind of like little things like that yeah just kind of help with the game and just kind of like i think one of the biggest things was actually just talking to people about the game and actually figuring out what they kind of connected to um, and it's kind of sad, but like the main marketing pull of the game is that you get a giraffe and he kind of sticks his tongue out and does like a little hover. Like that's, <laughs> that's pretty much what everyone that like saw the game, that's what they kind of connected with. But uh, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, it, it <laughs> is, it is. So I just kind of learned to, yeah, kind of leave with that and kind of figure out kind of how to market a game in terms of like talking about it, stuff like that. Um, which is like quite difficult if you don't have any experience here before because you probably just ref- you know you just like you get into the, the details but people don't really care about that they just want yeah they want that deep. surface level thing yeah oh, they, like just kind of like give them something interesting you know be like oh yeah you can you get a giraffe in this game like great go for it <laughs> a, a giraffe that yeah with the tongue and the pet rock and what else can you possibly need <laughs> exactly I mean uh, like I mentioned I saw it at PAX a few times in. I brought my, I guess, then 
uh, girlfriend, fiance, whatever the status was at the time, uh, now wife. But um, and she was she was in love with it almost <laughs> immediately for for the, the exact reasons you were just talking about there. Those the giraffe, the rock, and then the platforming's nice and accessible and plenty of fun as well. So. Um, and she's not the biggest gamer in the world, but she latched onto that game. That was her game of packs when we went that particular <laughs> year. So, okay. but yeah, I mean that's something I yeah we also tried to, and I think that also came from exhibiting actually was actually just watching who came up to the booth and kind of who kind of latched onto it. Something we yeah. kind of realized quite early on was yeah definitely we really liked this aspect that like people could kind of bring their partners along that. You know they might not be too into games but it's a great game to kind of like get them into because um we've kind of made it really accessible uh, yeah. and the kind of same would go for kind of like parents like parents could bring their like small children around and they could like yeah, play sure. with their kids and we just kind of like we saw early on like wow this is actually quite a powerful thing that like not a lot of games might have um, yeah so yeah we kind of like definitely tried to push that aspect and that's kind of what why we made sure we had like co-op and stuff like that just so you you can play with your friends and stuff like that i mean it's more and more of a novelty these days to actually sit next to someone and play a game together so <laughs> yeah um we were thrilled to be able to do that when the game came out so uh excellent yeah i'm, I'm a big fan of like anything co-op so always it was a bit tacked on but like you know in the future if we could have more time would have been would have been good to put more work into it <laughs> No, 100% worked as, I mean, purely looking at it through the consumer perspective there, 100% worked. Like, we had a great time with it. I've got no concerns with that whatsoever. Oh, awesome. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good time as well, like, having a co-op game with Switch coming out. So it was just like, ooh, nice. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's, you know, just sells itself in some ways. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I guess more recently, um, did you have much to do with, well, I mean, Massive Monsters obviously working on it. Uh, never give up? Uh, so I actually didn't um, do any work on it, which was, uh, you know, happy days. Didn't have to do anything on it, which was good. Um, but yeah, so the other two guys in the company, uh, Jay Armstrong and James Pettmain, or Jim, um, that he yep. goes by. So yeah, the other guys have been working on that project pretty hard. We both kind of um, worked on it and kind of like, you know, they did some work and kind of I worked on Adventure Pals or whatever. Uh, and yeah... Um, but yeah, those like so we launched that on uh, last month on the thirteenth or fifteenth or something. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, so it was like very exciting to now have like two desktop console games out. Um, personally, like the game is like very difficult. So for starters, oh, yeah. it's like not my type of game because you know I made Adventure Pals because I suck at games. Um, but yeah, it's actually like and this is the polar opposite in a lot of ways. Game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, and yeah, but yeah, they've done like they ended up doing like a great job on the game. Uh, it's actually got it's got quite well reviewed and stuff as well, which is good. Uh, yep. Unfortunately, the sales haven't been too big, but I think that kind of inherently goes back to the kind of the marketing of the game, which uh, it doesn't sell itself as easily. I think. Um, Does it? Do you feel like part of that is because of like how hard the game can be? That that can also be a a dissuading factor um so to give some context as well if uh so never give up's actually also a sequel to a flash game um called give up um so i yep. think that uh i think the ip is owned by armor games and the idea like so they did give up too which was a flash game and pretty much like all the big youtubers played it 
Uh, so they kind of thought, oh, well, we'll just um, we'll make a desktop console version and they'll hopefully pick it up again. Um, so we were originally kind of like contracted to kind of like make a level editor and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. That it kind of slowly progressed into us actually doing everything on the game and kind of, yes, doing a buttload of work on this. Yeah, okay. Um, but at the same time, valuable sort of experiences. And I guess what it's allowed then, if you weren't directly working on that yourself, and I know that we can't talk about this in any great depth at all, <laughs> uh, is it's allowed you to work on the next project, I mm-hmm. guess. Game 3.0, which... that's, what we've, uh, that's what we've been calling it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, it's still very early days. Uh, what I can say about it is that, so um, it's been quite interesting actually trying to come up with a new IP um, all like, cause we all work remotely. So, um, Jay's actually in Malaysia at the moment and then Jim's yep. in, uh, the UK. Uh, so yeah, it's just like, we've gone through like three or four different ideas. Um, but we've actually finally settled on one and we've put like quite a bit of work into it. Um, but we, I mean, to be honest, we've only like finalized some of the stuff, like, you know, three weeks ago a month ago so we're yeah we're yeah, okay. cramming right now to kind of get something for pax australia so if anyone listening is coming to pax australia come look at our trash it's probably gonna be very buggy and not very playable but you know hopefully it's something where we can kind of see where people kind of react to it it's kind of like a bit like uh it's kind of like got a bit of adventure pals kind of heart to it but it's uh a bit more fucked up <laughs> yeah okay right um in terms of uh, the brutality, like, are you going to be? Uh, are we getting our asses kicked again, like with Never Give Up? Or <laughs> no, it's just got like a lot more like darker themes. Yeah, okay, right. Um, so yeah, yeah, because I think with Adventure, it's an Powers, evil giraffe this yeah. time. <laughs> well, with Adventure Powers, like I always kind of, I'd make like really weird stuff on it, and then uh, Jay would be like, "Oh, Julian, that's a bit weird. Can you like dial it down a bit?" So yeah, I okay. kind of was a bit limited with that, but now it's kind of on this new project. I can just kind of be as weird as I like because yeah because we're going for a bit of different audience so yeah should be good <laughs> well listeners 100% make sure to get down to if you if you're going to PAX Australia make sure you get down there look for the massive monster uh, name and and the to be announced game um, make sure to go and give it a crack and give them all some feedback lots of positive stuff <laughs> yes please <laughs> um, but I guess as we start to wind things down a little bit um, let's kind of I guess focus back in on you a little more specifically again um who kind of inspires you in this industry are there are there particular people in the industry that you look up to or that kind of drive you a little bit to make games in a certain way is it some of the people responsible for all those flash games and Newgrounds and all them that kind of drive you or yeah yeah definitely i think um a lot of inspiration i have a lot of kind of respect for a lot of those uh old uh, flash guys um yeah. so there's some guys called like juicy beast um that have always just been like they were kind of making like the best flash games back in the day um and they're just yeah very talented bunch uh kind of like berserk studios as well they used to make a bunch yep. of ones i actually just like hung out with them the other day at pax west so that was awesome um, oh awesome so yeah i think so yeah it's really well it's quite interesting to like follow these guys journey because i guess they're coming from the same place we came from so it's kind yep. of like we can do anything they can do, hopefully. <laughs> um, and yeah, so I think those guys, I'm very, I'm actually quite like, 
like entrepreneurial driven as well so I don't yeah. know, I'll just like see games do really well and kind of try and figure out you know how why, they did that yeah exactly kind of like why they might have been successful kind of trying to think how to kind of incorporate that into our own games uh, which kind of sounds weird I'm, I'm quite like business orientated game developer and creative That's... I guess whereas like a lot of others people are a bit more kind of very creative focus don't want to do any business They're like oh that's evil or whatever but i'm like i love it so i mean yeah. at the end of the day in a lot of cases the business is what helps support the rest of it so there's there's still always got to be that give and take both ways and i, I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong at all with looking around to see what your peers are doing and using some of that knowledge and inspiration to build on some of your own ideas linking in with that given that you were saying before that you know people got a little bit confused um between your works and something that, say, the Behemoth had done, is, is that a studio that you've either A, had much to do with at all, or B, that you look up to in that same sort of capacity? Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, they were, so, yeah, they were probably one of my first, when I started getting into making games, like, first big inspirations, I was like, oh, my God, Castle Crashes, I was like, holy shit. Like, that's the kind of stuff I wanted to make when I start, when I was starting out, and it was just like, ooh, yeah, very nice. Um, I mean, the game keeps selling, well. it just keeps selling. Yeah, I think um, I think I took a few kind of principles from it. Like I really liked the how like the characters and stuff are very like expressive and stuff like that. They're yeah. quite quite a kind of cartoon show kind of vibe to it almost, where it's very expressive with a lot of the actions yeah, for sure. they do. Um, and that's kind of something that we've kind of tried to adopt at Massive Monster quite a bit. We like we kind of uh, one of our driving forces is kind of like personality and play. We say. Um, so we always yep. want to put as much like of our own personality into our games just to kind of like help them stand out you know if that means making them really weird then like yeah why not <laughs> uh, and then hey, if that fits in with the personality kind of, like, yeah. yeah and just like letting yeah players do whatever they want and hopefully like figuring it out and kind of not punishing them for like experimenting I guess uh, and that kind of goes into the kind of like casual um, kind of audience that I like making games for as well yeah, understood. Has there been any particularly valuable lessons you've learned along the way? Something that's maybe someone said that you've really latched onto, and um, I don't know, maybe buzzes around in the back of the head while you're <laughs> while you're working on, you know, this new title, for example, or, or whatever. Is there anything that's you know really resonated with you over the journey? Mm, um, hmm, it's kind of like a bit sad, but I do feel like these days it's like. Um, you know, you can't just make a fun game, which is like really sad, <laughs> but you have to kind of create interesting and kind of unique experiences, I feel. Um, that's kind of like, you know, big lesson. I feel like I've kind of been learning at the moment and trying to kind of come up with different ways of doing stuff to kind of combat that. Um, but I think, yeah, I just like, I mean, as a creative as well, it's just like so much more fulfilling when you can kind of like just do whatever you want to do and not kind of like base your designs off existing things ideas yeah that makes sense i mean i'd imagine that's just a, a massive kind of tug of war i guess that's going on in in your mind as you're working on these different projects you know that that push and pull from both those sides the creative but then the um the opposite side of things there where yeah that you've just discussed yeah, definitely. But um, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I'll just draw something weird and be like, oh yeah, this will be a game. <laughs> um, I mean, mate, if you if you can make a game about um, a little boy, a giraffe, and a rock work, 
uh, a pet rock work, sorry, specifically, then you can make anything happen. Ah, <laughs> oh, well, thanks, thanks. <laughs> so, um, I guess what have some, been some of the biggest highlights over the journey? Um, yeah, I mean, we somehow won a bunch of awards for Adventure Pals, which was uh, very unexpected. Um, and well-deserved. Yeah, thank you. Uh, so, I can't remember what we've won. Uh, I think we won some Unity ones, some Intel awards, some other things. But we won Australian Game Developer Award. That was very exciting. Good. Um, and yeah, so I think that was like... And just kind of having a game that was well-received, um, it was just like very reassuring. Because it's very, it would have been very hit or miss. So if like Adventure Pals didn't do well, then we probably wouldn't be making games anymore. Because um, that was kind of like the trial run, I guess. Uh, so yeah, the highlight is and, that. And yeah, here we are. Games. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good. Exactly. But I mean, I mean, that's that's awesome. Because I'm sure you, you know, had that not worked out, you'd have these ideas buzzing around your head without the means to actually follow through on them. So yeah, I'd no I can totally appreciate that. <laughs> Um, now, before we get into kind of any of the social media bits and pieces, one final question for you. If there was any one game that's ever been made throughout the entirety of the life of the game's business <laughs> that you wish that you could have been credited for in some way for being responsible for making, in part, in some part, uh, what would that game be? Ooh, oh, man, that's a, that's a big one. Um, oh, man, I don't even know. I feel like I want to be credited on something really weird. Like, um, I don't know why. Like a sweary like, game or something. Yeah, I don't know. I <laughs> feel like something, I don't know why, but like Worms comes to mind. Just because I feel like it'd be fun to just be like, oh yeah, I worked on that Worm game. <laughs> I don't worms know. is pretty awesome. Yeah, like, I don't know. I, I think it's, I mean, it's a pretty fun game, but just like, just like the idea of kind of, yeah, look, being able to tell someone something and they're like, oh yeah, I love that game. Like, because I always, it's always, um, funny when I, I'll say oh yeah I made a game Adventure Pals or whatever and it's like very it's a very rare occurrence that someone would be like what I love that game like but when it happens you're like oh whoa <laughs> thank I you I mean I would have been one of those people if I didn't reach out to you first <laughs> so um <laughs> so yeah I guess something that people knew maybe that or The Sims I think The Sims would be funny because you could kind of just like make you could do whatever you want in it like like um you can't create scenarios in it um of what you want to do which could be fun you just you'd want to be the person that said, "Hey, I was the one that allowed you to you know take away the ladder once you'd put them in the pool." Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. Or, or, even or take back. away the door when you put them in the flaming room with the ovens on fire. <laughs> I would have been the one to program that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Yeah, that would be my credit on the credits. Just like made all the stuff where Sims can die. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I guess as we wrap things up now, kind of uh, all the social media bits and pieces. Um. If anyone wants to, uh, you know, catch up with what you're doing, learn more about the games, learn more about Massive Monster, where would they be best to go? Uh, yeah, so you can just go to our, you probably just go to our Twitter um, or our Facebook or our website. So if you go to like massivemonster.co, um, you know, you get all our links there. You can um, check out our stuff. You can give us some money, um, whatever you feel like doing. You know. <laughs> You've got some great games out there. They're all well worth supporting. So, yeah, go and give it a look. And if they want to catch up with you specifically, where would they best be best to go? Um, yeah, so my Twitter is Corrupted Games because it's quite old um, and I don't I want to have to update my business cards. Um, but there's only one R, so that's the trick. Or do you, I think, I don't know, you probably find me. Just, like, Google my name or something. 
yeah, won't, won't be hard to work out. Um, Julian Wilton, go uh, go look it up uh, <laughs> on Twitter. You'll you'll find him as as I did in the end fairly easy. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the proof's in the pudding in that one. Julian, it's been awesome to have you on the show today and sharing your stories so far, learning a lot about the games that you've made and. Uh, I think I can speak for everyone who's listening today. We're all looking forward to seeing what this new game is, game 3.0, um, what that looks like when it gets to, hopefully, PAX Australia in just a few months. Yeah. So, oh, God. I mean, it's in like a month now. Jeez. Gotta, oh, Jesus. Ooh, yeah, we're not too hungry. Yeah, right. <laughs> I bet, I bet it, we better stop this. Uh, no, thank you very much for coming <laughs> on board and, and sharing your story today. It's been really very much appreciated. Oh, well, thank you very much. I really appreciate you having me on. And yeah, it's been fun. And listeners, as always, thank you much for joining us. We'll see you next time. That concludes this entry of Dev Diary. Be sure to subscribe to this feed, share it with your friends, give us a five-star review to help boost the show up the charts for greater exposure. If you have any people you would like me to reach out to an interview, then please find me at Paul James Games on Twitter to help me get in touch with them. Until our next episode, however, that's been Julian's story. Thank you very much for listening, and I'll see you next time.